Hi there, everybody. This is John, the creator and host of Dirty Bird. I just wanted to come in at the front of this episode and say thank you for listening. I hope you all are safe and well during this global coronavirus pandemic and not going too stir-crazy at home. This episode was first recorded at the very beginning of that pandemic, and I was unsure whether to release it due to some poor audio quality, kind of near the end. But coronavirus has kind of put all my interviews on hold, so I'm working with what I got. If you liked the show, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Spotify, or follow us on social media. Let me know how the show or coronavirus has changed birding for you. Alright, enough intro, here's the show. Dirty Bird Podcast contains foul language and is not appropriate for young fledglings. Listener discretion is advised. Our intro music is brought to you by Ricky Pistone, aka Dick Piston. And our outro music is brought to you by the Sidewalk Slammers. Check them out wherever you get your music. Are you looking for a podcast today? With ornithology and humor you crave Well, I know all these guys and it's birds they like It's Dirty Bird Yeah, they're just a couple guys Who really like birds It's Dirty Bird Yeah, they're pretty dirty But they really like birds you guys uh ready to begin let's do it all right here we go with dirty bird uh this is a nice special edition this is the largest dirty bird crowd we've had ironically during quarantine <laughs> <laughs> i'm sitting here with the sidewalk slammers daniel and sam what's up who also happen to be my younger brothers <laughs> And then also Andreas, who is our friend. NYU Film School. Yeah, do you want to introduce yourself? No, that was a beautiful introduction. Thank you. NYU Film, that's all you need. Okay, that was a beautiful intro. Daniel, say hey. Hey, uh, Daniel Tanusig, one half of the Sidewalk Slammers. And Sam. And it's me, Sam, uh, the other half. Yep, and you might hear some boats. We are recording on Goat Island in Lake Gaston right now. My brothers and Andreas were down working at the lake house on the dock uh, when this whole coronavirus thing hit. So they have a pretty nice place to be quarantined at. And yeah, so uh, we took the boat out to this island. and Less than 10 people, though. Yeah. (laughs) So here we are on... Goat Island, recording the podcast. This is some uh, warblers, though. There's a little bit of bird action going on at the Goat Island. Yeah, there's some warblers. There's some cormorants around. This morning, I was hearing loons. So there's a lot of bird stuff going on. And uh, dear listeners, all five of you, hi, Mom, because <laughs> I know she's hey, one of the few people that listens. Um, but, shout uh, out, Mom. <laughs> shout out, Mom. But please excuse the wind, the waves, and the boats, but the boats are very appropriate because today we are talking about the boat tail grackle. Otherwise known as Cassidix Mexicanus Major. Well, Say that again? Cassidix Mexicanus Major. Well, that is also <laughs> according... Sammy has uh, opened in front of him my handy-dandy National Geographic 1930s edition uh, of birds, and so he is reading an outdated classification for the bird for the genus and species do you know what they change it to yes so the new genus species is quiscalis major 
So they didn't like the Mexicanus. They yeah. Must be the anus. <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm at. All right, let's start no, with the. Uh, God, this is awful. <laughs> Great start. Oh, this is our worst episode yet. All right, we're starting <laughs> over. Motel Grackle, genus Quiscalis and species Major. So, Quiscalis Major. Uh, that Quiscalis genus contains six out of ten of the grackles uh, that are native to North America and South America. And Quiscalis, we think it might come for the native uh, Caribbean word for Quiscaya which means mother of all lands. It was what the native Indians called the, the island of Hispaniola when like Columbus landed and the other Hispaniola. conquistadors. So they apply it to the, uh, the boat tail grackle because as uh, its name implies, the boat tail grackle, its tail does look like a boat. And then it's also fitting too because it's uh, only found really near the water. True. Is that because they eat like, uh, they eat small, oysters and stuff, right? Small mollusks. There's no oysters in the lake though. But you... I get what you're saying, they though, like mollusks and stuff, yeah. So they're an omnivorous bird. They'll eat um, pretty much anything, arthropods, crustaceans. Um, uh, Audubon, John James Audubon, wrote about them and said that they really like to eat fiddler crabs. Um, they'll also eat frogs, baby turtles, lizards, grain seeds, fruit tubers. Man, this wind is awful. Yeah, it is. Dude, we need to talk, honestly, <laughs> we need full time. Let's talk about, we talked about birding down here. We should talk about the falcon and shit. Dude, it's not about falcons, it's about <laughs> boat-tailed walrus. So, boat-tailed yeah. grackles. Like, what is <laughs> okay, can I'm we like, refocus, you guys? I'm the only one. Can we focus? I'm here. All right, let's focus. Um, before we dive into the boat-tailed grackle, just uh, what are some kind of birds you guys have experienced around Lake Aston here? Um, I don't know about Sam, but when we were down fishing, we did see those um, waxwing somethings and then but that i mean they were cool and everything they're birds but yeah the cedar the, wax wings there was a huge flock of them chilling and uh eating the berries off of the bushes and that was cool. cool but when the falcon came in and just got you know like dead quiet yeah you know? yeah <laughs> the falcon shows up and all the other birds are like oh shit like, yeah exactly. chill out guys I was like, oh yeah nature's kind of metal like, yeah <laughs> he's, he's here to hunt and uh and then you know it left you're still fishing and then you hear the wax wings come back and they were flying they were fun to watch the falcon, you could tell, is kind of stalking it. But that's really my only burden I've done around here. Oh, Danny, you got a caterpillar hanging from your hair. <laughs> <laughs> they are everywhere. That's going to be happening. This, these 10 caterpillars are literally just, like, swarming us right now. We may have to start taking them out. I know we're yeah. throwing them back, but eventually we I need That warbler needs to show up again and start eating them. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, so boat tail grackle. The origin of the word grackle. Why, why do you think they call them grackle, Andreas? These, these types of birds. It seems like it has something to do with the way they sound. It doesn't actually. You never would have gotten this. <laughs> <laughs> no, give him a second guess. Give him a second guess. Okay, it you just, want... it just sounded like an automatopoeia. I don't know. Why, why else would they be called a grackle? It is. It is fitting because they kind of have like a harsh, like sound that they make. You know. Well, it says as youngsters they were called crow blackbirds. Yeah, because they kind of look like crows. Yeah. That black body shape and everything. They probably weren't able to identify or classify them as well back then, too. Like, as I feel like technology goes on. Yeah, true. You know, we get better binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> but still, the book's 1930, so I think they're just able to classify them a little better now. Well, back in the day, they would just shoot them and look at them up close. So. Really? Yeah, that's what, that's yeah, just, that's what like, everyone would do. I'm the best birder. I killed 300 birds. <laughs> yeah, that's what, like, John James Audubon would do and uh, Wilson and, like, all those well, guys. Well, that was with Pileated, right? 
they, yeah. They're like, <laughs> yeah, I want the extinct one. The show is extinct. I got to kill it. Yeah, they're trying to, like, collect them and everything. Grackle, it does kind of sound like fitting for the sounds that they make. They kind of make pretty, like, harsh noises in their calls. So it is onomatopoeia, then, kind of. Uh, no, it's not, actually. It comes from um, Gracolis, which is the Latin word for jackdaw. Um, and oh. then when people came over to... to is jackdaw English? So jackdaw is kind of a uh, similar-looking bird that's over in the old world. And then when people came over to the new world and saw grackles, okay. they would call them jackdaws because they look similar. And then uh, they became uh, called grackle um, based on that uh, Latin word. They're in the family um, Icteridae. Icteridae, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the word icterus, like, medically. It means, like, when you're jaundiced and yellow, usually from, like, liver failure or something. Oh, and so these birds are called uh, Icteridae in this family because a lot of them are, like, the orioles or meadowlarks, um, birds that have yellow on them. Also in this family are blackbirds, bobolinks, and cowbirds. As far as what the grackle looks like, it's uh, larger than a robin but smaller than a crow. It's kind of long and lanky. It's got these long legs because it spends a lot of time walking around the ground and its uh, tail is uh, keel shaped kind of a v-shape like the front of a boat when you look at it um, the males are a glossy black and kind of iridescent and shiny with kind of some purple on the head uh, the females though are strikingly different um, they are more of like a dark brown colored on top and chestnut below both of them, the male and females, have this yellow eye, um, although some individuals, like in Florida or the Gulf Coast, um, have a dark eye. The male's usually twice the size of the female. And yeah, this uh, difference in the male and female is, is kind of unique to the boat tail grackle. Like the common grackles, the male and females look almost exactly the same. What'd you say, Sam? Uh, I was just wondering, like, at what point did they separate from the common grackle? Yeah, uh, as far as the evolutionary history of the grackles, so they're um, a passerine bird. So they kind of, their ancestor came over to North America um, during the Miocene about 23 million to 5 million years ago, which is when all the songboard ancest songbird ancestors um, crossed over the Beringian land bridge. Um, and they kind of came into North America and just underwent explosive radiation, becoming lots of different species. And even though they look like crows, they're not closely related. They kind of split off from crows about 50 million years ago. What they're really closely related to is the blackbirds, cowbirds. And uh, the grackles split off from other blackbirds around 2.5 million years ago. The closest relative to the boat-tailed grackle is the great-tailed grackle. Um, they both have these like long uh, adaptations on their uh, tails and everything. The grackle birds themselves evolved in the late Pliocene and Pleistocene, which was about 2.5 million years ago. There were lots of changes in the environment then, and so it allowed a lot of different speciations to occur. So uh, I assume what kind of happened is with the changes in the coastline, whatever common ancestor with the common grackle and the boat-tailed grackle kind of split off and the boat-tailed specialized to be near the water. The glossy iridescentness of the grackles, that is kind of a newer evolutionary thing because um, like you look at like a red-winged blackbird or a cowbird or something they kind of have like a flat color they don't have that like shine and iridescence we think that that flat um, kind of no shine is like the ancestral form of the feather and then the shine kind of evolved and uh, the way that the shine works is it's by concentrating melanin granules in like a uniform layer um, around the very end of the barbels of the feather 
and it creates this like air keratin and keratin melanin dual interface, which makes the light kind of bend and do all this funky stuff to create colors. So it's not that the bird is producing these uh, iridescent colors and putting them into its feathers. It's the way that the light is bouncing off of them. And that's oh. called a structural color, which is really cool. So say how her light per- or how her eye perceives the light bouncing off their... Uh... Yeah. Yep, exactly. And um, it's also believed that the small tail of the grackle is more ancestral. So like the common grackle with that smaller tail, that's the more ancestral form. And then the longer boat tail and then the long tail of the great tail grackle, that is a more newer evolutionary um, form. The boat tail grackle and the great tail grackle diverged about 820,000 years ago. Okay. And their other closest relative, the greater Antillean grackle, um, that one split off about one million years ago. So, Johnny, it says that, uh, you'll have to fact check this 1930s book, but from the evolution from purple grackle to boat-tailed grackle, they grew three inches as far as their average length goes. Yeah, um, yeah, they're bigger. Yep. Right. Is that just New World had to be bigger? I mean... Um, well, I think that length probably has a lot to do with the tail. So, like I okay, said, the yeah. small tail is kind of the ancestral form of the grackle. Mm-hmm. And then the great tail grackle and boat tail grackle kind of evolved a longer tail. Gotcha. And uh, also there's another type of grackle, the slender-billed grackle, which is closely related to these guys also. Um, however, it's extinct now. It was last seen alive in 1910. It's a pretty recent species. It diverged from the great tail grackle about 2,000 years ago. Um, and it was only in the Valley of Mexico and the uh, Toluca Valley. But um, the, it was really heavily targeted by the Aztecs. Um, they didn't like it because it would eat their crops. Um, they also really liked its feathers to, to use in decoration. And then also I saw that it was involved in a, one of their rituals and uh, it was sacrificed to fire gods. Um, so it was targeted by the Aztecs, but also just habitation um, destruction kind of uh, really did a, a, a big Dwindling their numbers? Yeah, contribution to the extinction of the Slenderbill Grackle. Slenderbill. Was it faster, I'm guessing? Slen- Slenderbill. It just had a smaller bill. Small, I don't know if it was faster. Smaller, sleeker, faster, I don't, stronger. Is that how it works? I don't know if it was faster or not. It sounds pretty lean, the Slenderbill. It re- sounds pretty lame? Lean. L-E-A-N. Yeah, Slender. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish we could out... We're Slenderbills, man. I also saw something kind of cool, speaking of the Aztecs now, the Aztec emperor, um, Odzotl, he had like a thing where he got uh, people to introduce great-tailed grackles into Mexico City between 1486 and 1502. He actively had them imported. Um, so they like those grackles, but they sacrificed the slender builds? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they liked the great. I'm, I'm just identifying these slender bills. That's right. They're getting persecuted, but it's okay. And it was like we like these other grackles, but these slender bills. What's crazy is I found a research paper from the 1500s where a group of Mexican uh, scholars kind of reported on how the gra- the great tail grackles got to Mexico City, and um, one of the researchers that was involved in this uh, paper from the 1500s was married to the granddaughter of Montezuma II. That's the Montezuma that, like, Cortez showed up. Right. and like, you know, shit, yeah. Yeah, so that's insane that people were, like, 
doing research on birds like in the back in the age of the 16th conquistadors century, yeah. yeah i was about to say how much other research is there about grackles in the 16th century is it all just <laughs> this from... is the only one i could find yeah, but yeah jeez but yeah. yeah it's crazy to think that shout out aztecs then i guess <laughs> it's crazy to think that you know uh we have all these birds like the starling or the house sparrow that were introduced by humans and it's crazy that even back then people were still introduced you know bringing an in invasive species and stuff it's not just a a thing of our age right now yeah i wonder if they're like calmly sold there was like a value because i know it's a little bit of a tangent but like there was a tulip crisis in amsterdam where like literally their economy was based off importing tulips we're just like a flower so like maybe a grackle if you had a grackle like i have three grackles in my house Might yeah been a big deal in the 16th century yeah maybe it was like a status yeah. status symbol or something so uh there's a couple subspecies of the uh boat tail grackle um there's a lot more of the great tail grackle there's eight for the great tail grackle there's four for the for the boat tailed there's uh torei which is from Connecticut to North Florida, down along the Atlantic coast. So that's the one that we see. Okay. Um, and we, is that the one you saw while longboarding? Yeah, it would okay. be the Torrey subspecies. So um, they just keep being classified deeper and deeper. Yeah. I, I see it now. Okay. okay. <laughs> There's uh, the West Stony, which is um, along the Florida Peninsula. There's um, Major, which is on the West Gulf of Mexico coast. And then there's um, Alabaminensis. Uh, where do you think that one's located? Say it again. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on like the north coast of the Gulf of Mexico where Alabama is. Alabama. <laughs> and um, it's kind of interesting because uh, I said that the great tail grackle is the closest relative of the boat tail grackle. And um, some of the subspecies of the great tailed are more closely related to the boat tailed than others. So it was already when they were still like the great tailed and the boat tailed were like splitting off, the subspecies were forming at that time too. So. Um, it was definitely a time of a lot of uh, um, isolated habitats and uh, that allowed these birds to speciate. Um, we actually think they're kind of mixing more and more now because um, uh, either from habitat destruction, they're kind of forced to, to interact more. Um, like Virginia Tech. And numbers. <laughs> you said there, it's a population that's pretty male-driven, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that one. Um, the great-tailed and boat-tailed grackles can physically uh, and genetically mate. They're that, you know, closely related, but they really don't because they kind of have different behaviors. So they don't tend to, to mate much. Unless they need that special one. <laughs> yeah, the special grackle comes into their life and then flashes that tail. Yeah. They swipe right on trackle. Tinder <laughs> grackle. That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, a bird's favorite cereal? Oh, God. <laughs> What, Daniel? Snap, crackle, and pop. Uh, <laughs> Rice Krispies, right? That's awful. <laughs> Corn Krispies? I don't know. It was I, just a misdirection. Andreas, okay. Delivery. It, was delivery. it was the delivery. You, the, yeah, the you paused way too long. I, I was trying uh, to remember it. Oh <laughs> okay, so... Um, you were, Daniel, you were kind of asking about their, uh, you know, populations, why the, there's more guy. males than females. Yeah. Um, so it's because the way that they breed is called female defense polygyny. So basically what happens is the females all roost together in the same area that has good nesting conditions. They prefer marsh grasses or cattails that are surrounded by water or stands of low trees. 
and that kind of protects their nests, you know, from a lot of predators if there's water around it. What were those built up like bushes we have right by the dock? Could that be something? Or they don't really do? Uh, probably not. They probably wouldn't like that. They they really like to nest in cattails. I saw I saw a lot of stuff or marsh grasses is okay. what they like to nest in. So basically, the females um, they pick pick the same nesting site kind of year after year. Sometimes they'll even use um, uh, old nests, and they they do all the nest building. So the females will kind of go perched up in their spot, make their little nests, and they're hanging out. And basically, the males will the males will compete over access to the breeding colonies of the females, and they form a hierarchy based on age. You'd think that they would like fight it out, you know, amongst yeah. each other. But they don't do that. It's like all based on age. So they all just understand. Respect. It's like yeah, respect the elders. Seniority. Damn. Seniority. Yeah. yeah, basically. Um, and uh, humans can't get together, but grackles is no <laughs> yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, it's not based on how big they are or their fighting ability. In fact, the alpha males uh, are usually smaller than other birds because they spend so much. <laughs> old and wise, yeah. Like Yoda. And they spend so much energy driving off rivals that they tend to lose like 10% of their body mass during the breeding season. Um, the advantages, though, the alpha male will uh, do 70% of the copulations that uh, occur in a breeding season. So they're yeah. they're getting it on a lot <laughs> there. <laughs> That's where that uh, slender grackle will come in here. What? Slender, <laughs> lean, mean, dude. Fight machine. Yeah. Anyway. It, I just said that they don't fight. It's based on age. I know, I know, but concoculation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, however, even though they do 70% of the copulations, they only end up siring a third of the offspring in a breeding season. Does that mean um, the other two thirds are sired by other grackles? Yes, yeah. So if they, if they only sired... Um, uh, a third, then it means two thirds were sired by other ones. So just because you're the alpha male doesn't mean that you're able to you know, you're the only one having babies that year. The other ones are still able to. Basically, what the other males do is they form like a cue system, very British. Um, <laughs> they kind of wait in order based on their age to become the alpha male. The average time it takes a male to become an alpha male is about six years. However, the vast majority of the grackles are not going to ever become the alpha male. It's only like a few that are able to hold that position. And so lifespan is like what three to four years? Huh? No, if it takes them six years, Daniel. Well, yeah, but you said most don't get to six. I'm a bet um, an average lifespan for a grackle is five point three six years. It's not. I feel like that's too short. Yeah, that it's, came from it's way longer. Well, okay, what's your nowhere. guess, Andreas? Twelve to fifteen years. Okay, Sam, what's your guess? Lifespan for a grackle. It's not that long. It's not twelve. Okay, to no, lock it in. You gotta pick one number though. You can't one number. Like... Okay, twelve, five. Can you look it up? Eight. Yeah, we can. can so you, I think do I was wanna... the closest with five point three six. To be honest. <laughs> do you want to Google it? I thought I wrote it down, but I guess not. I There's it's... like they say like the oldest lit, you know, grackle or whatever. It's twelve years. Twelve years. Twelve years. Wow. Okay. So most of them don't become the alpha male just because of timing. Like they might become six, but there's another grackle who's eight. Yeah, so they'll okay. either they'll either die beforehand or they'll never kind of uh, make it to the top of that that queue. But the reason why they they do this is because of the um, uh, the benefit. It's kind of like playing the lottery, basically, because they know if they do ever get to the the top and become the alpha male, the genetic payoff is so great. Yeah. So um, so they the this might be a little bit of a tangent, but the flocks that they like fly in and sort of nest with, do they ever deviate from that, or what's the number? In the flock. So let's say I'm a crackle, grackle, 
and I'm sitting here, and there's like alpha males who are eight, ten, and twelve, and I'm five, and I'm like, man, if I go to a different flock, I'm able to get that alpha male slot at six. Yeah, so that's a good. That's a good. They actually do do that. They kind of do the math. So um, when they're young and they're first um, flying around, figuring out like uh, where they're going to go, the the young male grackles will kind of go to different nesting sites and kind of gauge how many females there are there, how many other males there are in in line, and kind of choose where they're going to um, settle down at and and kind of wait it out. Um, However, they don't just, like, sit there and wait. They kind of form two groups. There's the colony males and the non-colony males. So the colony males tend to be the older ones, and they are, like, participating in the lines, you know, the queue system. And so they'll be in the in the colony and they'll help drive off other males that come in that aren't you know uh, playing by the rules basically um and they're kind of waiting their turn um they still will get the chance to to mate with some females um basically when the alpha male's not looking the alpha male if he sees any other males trying to mate he'll basically drive them off and get mad but i mean he only has so much time and energy so he's gonna miss out so many hours in a day the non-colony males are younger, and they'll kind of hang out on the outskirt of the colonies, um, and they may move kind of colony to colony, kind of seeing what their uh, uh, best chance is. Kind of what they do is the females will still leave the colony to go either find nesting material or go find some food or something like that. And so these non-colony males are kind of waiting on the outskirts for when the female heads out, and then they'll start trying to like display to them and and mate with them and you the know, female sing a song you know, yeah sing a, hey. and she might be feeling it so kind of the big question with this system is why why wouldn't you just jump the line why wouldn't you cut cut the line because it's not based on fighting ability so like i don't mean to cut you up that's a question i have do most see i don't know the genealogy or the you know the tendencies of most birds but is it common for them to fight out i feel like it's kind of weird that there's a lack of aggression among all these birds yeah they, they it, it is it is kind of weird that they because i mean you see it's springtime we see birds fighting all the time yeah. over territory and mates it is kind of weird that they don't really like fight it out for who's the strongest like the way that you know deer will hit their antlers right. and stuff like Almost that especially because their drunk mating call is so abrasive it sounds yeah. like very angry Play it, you know? do you have it on your phone again but yeah it is like a yeah, uh, yeah. i mean it was uh it's just hard. It's not a. It's not a sweet song. You know? I'll I'll insert it in. Okay. Let me clap so I know. There was a tent caterpillar on my hand. I almost crushed him by accident. Sounds like a cicada. That's not that hideous. Yeah. It sounds like uh, me singing at two a.m. Fair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deep at the milk parlor, yeah. All right, go ahead and turn off then. Can't you see? Yeah, I can. I can. I can see it. So the Q system they form is a form of cooperation. Like I said, it's almost like gambling because of the huge genetic payoff you get. So they're kind of playing the lottery, basically, and yeah. kind of have an understanding as a species. And also, by using this system that's based on age, not fighting ability, it means that if you jump in line, you're not only fighting the guy you cut in line. You have to deal with all the other ones that you Elders, jumped in line yeah. to. Yep. I and, just picture, like, I know it's not, but I just picture, like, uh, the elders in, like, uh, the first couple Star Wars movies with, like, you know, Mace Window and them sitting around. It's all the elder, you know, uh, Grackles sitting around, a new one comes. It's like, well, like, yeah. you've been here, man, you young Jedi, young Padawan. You're a youngling. You think you're old, but, like, we've been here 18, 12 years. We got one who's been here 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, this is an old defeated Grack who comes out like that's alpha male, <laughs> small little beat up, yeah, limping. I know, and he's the one doing seventy percent of like, the copulation. That, no, that's the guy. Like, yeah, that's the guy. Don't get it twisted. Gray feathers. And yeah, stuff. he's got like some sunglasses, Long like beard, a little swag yeah. leather jacket. You're like, okay. <laughs> but the females don't seem to care. Um, how old a grackle is or how long his tail is. So this is a system kind of implemented by the males in the, um, in the grackle society there. The females really care about two things. They care that the male does a proper courtship display, and they like proper. to breed in their nesting colony. They like to breed, you know, where their nests are and everything like oh. that. So basically the alpha, that's why the alpha male is able to copulate so much because one, he's there in the nesting colony. Logistics. So he's, yeah, he's close where the females prefer to breed. And then also he is the one doing the courtship displays. And whenever he sees someone else doing a courtship display, he'll drive them off. Um, however, so there is a little aggression then. Yeah, yeah, there is. Okay. He'll, he'll drive, but it's not like they fight over right. a female. Just if, if he sees another guy trying to, you know, get in on his, his females, what he'll drive falcon, them off. What if a falcon pulls up? Uh, the, then the falcon's gonna freaking <laughs> eat him. <laughs> I was not that I was rooting for, but it was like when we saw that falcon coming in on those. I'm gonna say it wrong, but the waxwing, mm-hmm. waxwing. What are they? Sorry, cedar waxwings. Cedar waxwings. Cedar. When the cedar waxwings came in, <laughs> and then there was a falcon. It was just I was like, what if he caught? You know, was he able to catch one? Like they devour. Then he'd eat whole, it. They devour a whole bird. They don't just eat. No, they pick the, at. It. They like uh, pick yeah, at it. Yeah. Like a, yeah, and then some crows come over and the vulture. Yeah, okay. now it's cool. Okay, <laughs> there's not there's not a lot of meat on a cedar waxwing. Small birds. <laughs> I don't know if a whole crows. Are <laughs> we picking out little birds? Like about three or four of them cedar waxwings. <laughs> God. Um, all right. So um, uh, the females, like I said, will leave their um, nesting colonies. They'll fly up to a kilometer away to get um, nesting material or food. And that's the chance for the less dominant males to uh, mate with them. The way the system works also is the females will breed um, asynchronously. So they won't all be ready to, you know, have babies at the same time. So the old male dragging around one leg and wing with gray feathers, he's <laughs> able to mate with one female that's kind of in heat one day and then the other one the next, the next day that the, just came into heat. So He's getting the best. So, yeah. So that's why it's able to work out. Basically, there's kind of a three... That's crazy they timed that out, though, for those little bird brains, you know? They just have it Yeah, I mean, it evolved like that, and the society kind of evolved, and they are born into it, and they kind of learn it. And that's what I know about population numbers. Apparently, they've dwindled. They were like 170 million or something. They've gone down. Farmers apparently have killed a lot. I guess they pick on crops. But farmers aren't near uh, a lot of, like, you know, lakes or rivers like that. Yeah, so that might have been more for the common grackle, which you were reading. The boat-tail grackles... They, I mean, they're are definitely are farms okay? on the coast, but, okay. but yeah, they're doing okay. They're a low concern species. They're fairly common. But um, the common grapple then is the one that's a little bit kind of uh, going ex- not extinct, but it's. Uh... I'm not sure, but um, I do see on the boat tail from 1966 to 2014 there was a 47 percent decrease in their population. Um, the current hmm. estimate is there's about two million of them. However, although they're low concern right now, since they are only located on the coast. They're really prone to disruption um, if because people like living on the coast. So they like yeah. to plow over those wetlands and fill them in, and uh, that destroys the habitat. Any, so what birds are natural predators other than a falcon and a hawk? Falcons, hawks are really the only birds that are going to be preying on what them. What about other lake species, I guess, around here then? 
Well, crows might eat their eggs and their young, um, and then rat snakes and rats also really like to eat their nests. Um, a rat will, you know, climb up their uh, their cattail okay that they have their nest on. on. Yeah, it's dirty. Bird. Fucking rats, man. <laughs> dirty rats. We don't. I get like everything's here for a reason. I believe in that. But fucking rats. Dude, well, to be like, fair, what? a lot of the rats that are preying on them were brought over by the Europeans. Like the black rat or the Norwegian rat, yeah. those Dude, those were brought Norwegian over. Norwegian rat sounds so. mean. I think I see a couple of those in New York. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty big, yeah. Um, I've also seen the accounts accent too when the rat starts speaking Norwegian. Yeah, that really <laughs> yeah that's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've also seen cases where alligators are known to um, thrash their tails against the cattails to knock the nest in the water so that they can then eat the young. So alligators, are, damn. Well, yeah, because, I mean, they're found all on the coast into Florida and and Georgia and everything and Alabama, Louisiana. Have humans ever eaten um, crackle eggs or is that not? I'm sure people have before. (laughs) I didn't see anything about it. but (laughs) Fry them up with some cheddar cheese. Yeah, and the thing is is that um, the females prefer uh, to make their nests on older, drier cattails because they're stronger. Um, However, because they're stronger, it's easier for rats or snakes to climb up them. That's what I was wondering. Why don't they go in bushes? And because they, they have the ability to fly, obviously they're birds. But they they nest in such low lying areas like cattails. You know what I'm saying? That's like yeah, it's not that high off the not, ground. It's, it's, it's teach their own. Well, it is smart because usually the cattails are in marshy ground, so you don't have to worry about you know, something like, like a rat. raccoon maybe coming uh, okay. or something like that. It kind of will keep predators away. Okay, fair. I mean, you there's nowhere really safe. I would feel up them. in a tree. But then you got these caterpillars, I guess. But I, I take the cat- caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're you up in a tree, a crow or a falcon or an owl is still going to come. Anyway, in a marshland. Yeah, but um, you can be pretty well hidden, kind of in the marsh. I think they're too. using a lot of that brain power for this whole mating system. But <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I'll give them that. They didn't do. They did more thought about. Okay, yeah. let's form this age-based line system. <laughs> we gotta follow this. this. Someone has an Excel sheet. One of the bird brains, the elders <laughs> following it. Like, no, no, no. I got the numbers. <laughs> but bird brains only so big. I'll give it I'll benefit of the doubt. What if two birds have the same birthday? You I was that? thinking that what if they're the dude because they obviously were to figure out if one's a year older, right? Or even what oh, about definitely, couple, yeah. All right, what about a couple days, right? And then you're talking about the exact same, but he's like, he's a little, he's got a little nicer wings. I gave it to him. Like, it, 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 who knows? <laughs> More research needs to be done about these grackles, Johnny. These boat tail grackles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seemed to me when I was reading the articles that there's kind of just one alpha, but there's a lot of like sub alphas, you know. So maybe the ones close in age. King's Court. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you commit with her, too. Um, it's not like they're just choosing who to mate they're with. Groupies. The fe- the, yeah, the females are, are you know, are still choosing. Uh, they want to see that, that courtship dance. And talking about that courtship dance, so what they do is they... Flipping, flipping, flipping. 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 Up and down the road, I'm flipping. <laughs> so what their courtship display is, is so the male will point his bill down, vibrate his wings, spread his tail feathers, and then make a distinctive vocalization, which I'll play right uh, now. Hold on. Re- say it again, though, and then play it, because you kind of ran through a little fast. Say it. Give your description again, that was good. So their courtship display, the male will point his bill down, okay. vibrate his wings, spread his tail feathers, and then make <laughs> this distinctive vocalization. Ha <laughs> ha 
Andreas, what do you think? Sound pretty, pretty realistic. No, come on, come on, you gotta get one. Come on. Yeah. Why, why, why don't you roll with R for us? <laughs> um, man, being part. the youngest sibling in a bird family. Yeah, dude, like, family. I'm the youngest of 16, and <laughs> I'm never going to be alpha. Yeah, you got to wait up for all your brothers. I think I'm going to go hang with these outlaw birds. They've been, like, waiting around this other flock. And, they, you know, some of these females be coming out to get some, you know, caterpillars and shit. And, uh, Speaking of caterpillars, they're freaking all over me. No, I've been pulling some out of Sam's hair and throwing them at it. It's pretty, like, like it's, it's a nice really? Yeah, there's so many tent caterpillars right now. What's um, a common predator for tent caterpillars? Birds. Uh, blue jays love them. Are there I mean, any blue jays that like Gaston? Them. Yeah, there's blue jays. I don't, you act like don't. Blue jays that like Gaston, don't. How you been fucking doing down here? <laughs> no, I, I haven't paid more attention because I want to see another hawk or falcon. That was cool. Yep. So after the male does his courtship display, if the female likes what he's doing, she gives him a solicitation display back. Um, she'll crouch, arch her back, vibrate her wings, and elevate her tail and bill. And then the uh, male will, you know, do the deed. Um, if the dance is... So the yeah, male does his dance first. And if he sees a female dance, then it's good to go. So, but yeah, he, you know, he sees the female and he'll do it to her. And then if she, she likes, replies, if she likes what's going on, then she'll reply. So and then male dance it. is way more common. Female dance is pretty rare. Probably, yeah. Unless he hits um, her and he hits that dance. He hits that junk on the dance. Hits a stanky leg on the way back. <laughs> and the females are most receptive uh, three days before they lay their eggs, and so you know they'll. That's when they'll mate, and then their eggs will be fertilized, and then they lay them. And they do all the everything, taking care of the young and all that stuff. The males are just hanging out. And Talking about who's the oldest. Cracking some beers, watching some NASCAR. Yeah, they're just the like, well, I'm older than you. <laughs> yeah, I've been around this world so Back in years. my day, this marsh uh, stretched as far as I could see. You've seen how many of them young grackles be coming up now. Doing their dancing. Doing shit. their dancing. Doing grackles these days. They, they don't dance like them old grackles, though. That new dance is not quite like the old shit. Dancing to that grackety hop. That new grackle music. Y'all heard that grackle shuffle? Oh, they're killing the it. The grackle the shuffle. shuffle. <laughs> All right. So speaking of the nests and everything, so they lay their eggs um, from kind of March uh, 20th, I saw. That was a really... Um, yeah, <laughs> on the dot to uh, May um, and uh, like I said the female builds the nest by herself it usually takes her about 8 days to build it it's usually about 2 feet off the ground in the cattails she'll use grass stems Spanish moss, sticks the inner layer of it will be um, kind of wet mud um, I heard people comparing or I read uh, in our National Geographic book here that uh, they compared it to a robin's nest um, actually um, she'll then line it with fine materials like pine needles, um, and she'll lay about one to five eggs, an average of about three. So it They're, says, uh, sorry, not to no, go ahead. Off, that males desert their mates either as soon as the eggs are laid or after the young can take care of themselves. Is that still t- stand true? Yeah, I mean, as far as I could see, the, yeah, they're just as dead. far as I could see, they're just there to mate, and then they. Um, kind of hang out, you know, in the colony mating still, and then kind of once all the females are done, uh, you know, mating and have laid their eggs, and the males are kind of like, all right, bye. And then they all, 
And outside of the breeding season, the males will kind of bro out regardless of age. But once it gets to that breeding season, they are real. They're talented it up. Who's who's the oldest here? Friday, Saturday night. <laughs> the uh, They lay blue eggs that kind of have brown, black flecks. So that's why I think it's compared to a robin's nest, because they lay blue eggs that look a lot like robin's eggs. Um, the incubation and nesting period is really fast compared to other birds of the similar size. It's only about two weeks um, for that they're incubating the eggs, and then only two weeks that the birds are in the nest before they can get out and fly. And we think this is because of the high predation rate for the nestlings. Predation? Um, yeah, so like... All you know, like you said, they're in like a little marsh, so they're really prone to right, things right. eating them. So they have to like develop really quickly and get I out see. of that nest. No, that's a cool word. I like it. Predation. I'm pocket that one. Nest to hatching, um, about seventy eight percent survive as you know eggs, um, and then as hatchlings uh, to fledglings, seventy six percent of those survive. Uh, starvation is the thing that kills most nestlings. About thirteen percent succumb to starvation. Dang. So it's not predators, then. It's just getting enough food to them. Yeah, it's getting enough food. Yeah, uh, that's the biggest deal. But also predators are, are a big deal, too. Not enough these little tent caterpillars, dude. <laughs> There's tons here. <laughs> well, maybe not enough fiddler crabs, because that's what Audubon said, that the grackles like the best. That's a lot of work. Well, maybe, like, small little fiddlers. Yeah. But so I guess the mom get yeah. I guess they break them up do a little regurgitation thing for the babies, right? All birds do that? Um, yeah, yeah. These uh, So the not all birds do that. Okay. Um, some feed live insects, some feed uh, uh, fruit, but uh, grackles, uh, they do seem to regurgitate. A little bit more about um, their population and kind of the interactions with humans. So like I said, humans kind of destroy a lot of their habitats when they, you know, want to put their waterfront home in or something like that. Farmers also have had uh, problems with them. The common grackle is way more known for this, but the boat-tailed also because they'll eat new seed that's put down or they'll go in and eat the grain or the corn or something like that. Um, and so in the past, they were uh, killed a lot. Um, farmers now use noise devices, reflective devices, or fogging machines to try to deter them. Um, however, these birds are pretty smart and they will learn and adapt to it. So usually you have to use like multiple things at once or like rotate them around or something like that. So in the past, they just shoot them? Yep. And... I don't know. People might still do that because I saw a study from 1989. I mean, I thought these would be protected under like, you know, migratory bird, like protection acts and all that kind of stuff. Um, However, in 1989, there was a uh, study. I don't know who it was sponsored by. But anyway, the study used baited dog food to poison um, grackles. And then also they used... What if a dog got into that? I mean, not poor grackles (laughs) too, but... Well, I, yeah, yeah, I know. And they also use decoys to attract um, boat tail grackles and then drop poison on them from airplanes. And this is in uh, southeast Texas. In the um, 80s? Yeah, 1989. I don't know how they got approval to do this or what. but Probably state um, funded. <laughs> and, of course, then they found that it didn't even actually significant. It was because grackles were damaging, boat tail grackles were damaging the citrus crops there. And so they wanted to see if this would help, and it didn't even help with damage to citrus crops. So I'm sure it was good for those crops. Yeah, I saw that they killed. I mean, they killed like tens of thousands of them too in this. But this was those grackles. The reason they used baited dog food is because grackles really like dog and cat food. Common grackles like it, boat tailed, great tailed. So for I should some put, reason, I should put dog food in my feeder, bird feeder. You could. <laughs> All right, um, let's do some uh, grackle facts here. Cool. 
I found an article from the Auk in 1917. Um, this guy, Francis Harper, observed boat-tailed grackle males singing in Florida. Um, he really liked their call, and he described it as a singular rolling call, which bears close resemblance to the sound produced by a coot in pattering over the water. So, you said you hated the call. It was real grating Okay, you want to know what they but... describe uh, the purple grackle sound here as? What? Which is still similar. The purple common grackle? <clears throat> yes. But grates out, raucous squeaks like the creaking of a rusty wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> Not with those waves crashing in the background while you're saying that. Man, sound, yeah, it's, it's choppy. Yeah. A lot of boats out. So, I mean, we are respectively quarantined less than 10 people, but a lot of people are on their wakeboarding. Yeah, I mean, I think boating is pretty safe. Less than 10, it's your family. Yeah, exactly. Just be safe. Wash your hands, peeps. Mom, all you listeners. <laughs> I also found an article from 1902, also from the AUK. This guy, Arthur H. Norton, wrote that um, he was taking a uh, ship on a three-day voyage from Savannah, Georgia, to New York City. And uh, the steamship was called the Tennessee. Um, they left at night, and the next morning when they were out to sea, they noticed that there was a boat-tailed grackle flying around the ship. Um, that must have come on during the night, and then the boat took off, and he woke up and was like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> um, so he seemed distressed. He, was, he would fly high up in the air, and then he wouldn't see any land, so he would just come back down to the ship. And um, he got hungry, and so he started stealing food from the passengers um, and kind of becoming a nuisance on the ship. Uh, then on day three, they got um, within sight of uh, New York City, and the boat tail grackle just took off towards shore. <laughs> He's like, yo, I'm in the big city, bright lights. And you know what? It's <laughs> That's kinda, a, there's way worse places to pull up. It's kind of crazy, too, because as far as the range goes, um, I, I said that they're near the shore and everything. They're kind of found, um, they're farthest north of their range is Rhode Island. And then they're found all along the coast. Because uh, of that kinda, one grackle. Kind of down, connect. No, not from that one. Oh, okay. But he probably from, made it with pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New York City's like, it's been a long boy. <laughs> Man, the grackles look weird. <laughs> <laughs> grackles are all fat and gross. <laughs> Interact with humans. <laughs> but they're kind of farthest north is Rhode Island, and then they're found down the coast, all along uh, Florida, the Gulf Coast, and then uh, into Mexico, too. Um and so, yeah, I wonder that Grackle, when he showed up in New York City, like, yeah. what is life? Did he, like, fly south? Did he just hang out there and die alone? Like, yeah. what happened to I, him? I like to think he at least found Leo Pigeon. I yeah. hope so. A little pigeon. <laughs> a little pigeon. A little pigeon. He, he was in Central Park for a little bit. Yeah. So you're Maybe. different. He's, I know. Um, I was trying to see if there's anything else I didn't uh, mention, but grackle facts, grackle facts, grackle facts, grackle facts. Tackle grackle, let's go. Tackle grackle, tackle grackle in Texas. Facts coming at you fast. Tackle grackle in Texas. Facts coming at you fast. Dirty bird podcast. Heard it here first. <laughs> so now, uh, anything else you guys want to say about grackles or what you've learned or anything like that? Well, man. I'm just amazed at the fortitude of the grackle as far as to where it's gone over the years. I mean, going over the Bering Sea and then starting your own species, basically, and then splitting off because you've taken over the entire East Coast and down to Texas. It's really remarkable, the evolution that the grackle had. Yeah. So I find that, yeah, just really interesting. I mean, respect to the grackle. Uh, respect. 
you see any quotes in there that you like to read, or uh, did you already read with you? Yeah, I read most of it. Uh, most of what you said. I thought, you know, it eats scuds, aquatic insects. They nest in the grass like red wings, sometimes in the willows, among the herons. Hmm. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Um, I guess maybe them nesting in those cattails and everything is kind of showing their close relationship to the red wing blackbirds because red wing blackbirds are you know famously in the cattails also so i don't know if they nest alongside them or anything like that that'll be cool i'll have to kind of pay attention to that next time i'm i'm uh, in a marsh or something yeah all right so i'll wrap up with some myths and folklore um so uh the first uh, thing i'm going to talk about this is a close relative to the um grackle it's in the same icteridae family of them it's called the uh, yellow rumped cacique it's in northern South America, and it's known as an intelligent bird. Um, a lot of these in the family Icteridae are intelligent birds, including the boat-tailed grackles. Um, so the Native American tribes, you know, recognized that it was smart. And so this led to them feeding their children cacique brains because uh, they thought it would make their children I was fast you were learners. Go good. I was like, please don't sacrifice them. Oh, no, way worse. <laughs> way worse. Let's get the brain. Everybody says bird brains like an insult. Like, man. Yeah, they're actually pretty smart. Cacique. Seeks. Yeah. The brains will make you a warrior. <laughs> um, and then also, um, the cacique, it nests in a similar way to the um, boat tail grackles, where the female pretty much does all the work with caring right. for the young. So if, uh, like, you were a lazy male in this Indian tribe, um, they would call you um, Pakar, which is their name for the cacique, because you're not helping out at all. There's, uh, if you thought the brains were gross, wait for this one. Um, so there's a Maya legend about a suitor who gets rejected by a girl. So he instructs the grackle to go and shit in her mouth while she is washing clothes in a river. And the grackle, the grackle does it. And I think the reason, <laughs> and um, I think the Maya thought that like bird shit, since it's like has that white in it. Was yeah. somehow related to sperm oh. because after the grackle shits <laughs> in her pregnant. mouth, Don't say she, gets she pregnant. becomes pregnant. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a weird looking baby. <laughs> um, Who's the father? Bird shit. <laughs> a grackle that shit in my face. That's a good excuse when, <laughs> when you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Grack- cheat on you, shit. a bird shit in it's my mouth. <laughs> uh, grackles used to be thought to be disease-carrying pests, and also, like, kind of their caustic song kind of uh, uh, gets uh, lumped in with this. So a group of grackles is known as a plague or an annoyance. Which, nice. <laughs> I don't think that's warranted. I don't think that's, they deserve that. That is terrible. We need to come up with a new thing to call them instead of that. I always think a flock, a gang, squad, squadron, battalion. Regiment. Uh, I'm getting a little military there. Uh, <laughs> um, anyone else, f- feel free to shout out ideas. <laughs> uh, well, they're boat-tailed, so maybe there's something to do with... What's a, a bunch of boats? A, a flotilla. A fleet. A, uh, a fleet. An armada. An armada boat-tailed. Yep, armada boat-tailed. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, I like it. I like it. We're going to change this, my dirty birdies. And then my dirty last birdies. little myth and folklore here, this is about the great-tailed grackle, our close relative of the boat-tailed. Some of the Native American tribes in Mexico, um, I talked about how the great-tailed grackle um, was introduced by the uh, Aztecs. So I, I don't know if this came from them or if uh, um, it was other tribes or the great-tailed is native, but they would call it um, zanates. 
there's a legend that um, Zanatas was actually mute when uh, the world first came into being. Um, but then he began to seek out his voice. And the way he found his voice was he found an old wise sea turtle and then stole seven, the seven songs um, of the seven passions from the turtle. Huh. Um, the seven passions are love, hate, fear, courage, joy, sadness, and anger. Uh, I think there's some overlap there, maybe, yeah, hate but and anger, maybe. hate and anger, yeah. <laughs> but I guess those are we're considered different joy. things. Um, any closing remarks, you guys? Shout out, Lauren, uh, and shout out Botel Crackles. I don't know why they're getting persecuted and getting, uh, yeah, persecuted. I think is the best word. Calling them annoyance or a uh, what was the other a word? Plague. A plague. <laughs> uh, there's a plague of Crackles coming in. Like, yeah, that's a negative connotation. No, it is now an, an armada, armada of, of Botel Crackles. <laughs> so next time I see an armada of Botel Crackers, maybe. Crackles, maybe a couple fleet. Crackers. Just a fleet of Botel Crackles, you know, three to four. Uh, I'm going to give them the proper respect. Yeah. This podcast goes out to all the, the young Crackles out there. One day you'll make your way up. You'll be, you'll be <laughs> you alpha can be male. alpha. You can be alpha male, too. It just takes time. <laughs> I like everything. It takes time. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks for Andreas. joining us out yeah, here on this us, windy uh, goat island with the boats coming by. I hope the audio quality wasn't too bad for you guys. So thanks thank you to Sidewalk Slammers, Danny and Sam, and thank you, Andreas. Yeah, no, thanks thank for having you. us. Yeah, thank uh, you very much, we've been man. listening for the couple podcasts, and we're trying to bird it up. But um, yeah, I'm up to read a lot of facts, and, and, and uh, yeah, it was a good experience again. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, stay dirty, my birdies. Dirty Bird Podcast is brought to you by me, John Janusik, with our rotating panel of co-hosts. Thank you for being on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. Our outro music is New York Redneck by the Sidewalk Slammers. And our intro music is by Ricky Pistone, a.k.a. Dick Piston. Follow them on Instagram and check them out wherever you get your music. Graphic design by my beautiful fiance, Lauren McClure. Be sure to subscribe and rate Dirty Bird Podcast. Send listener mail to dirtybirdpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voice memo of your birding experience to have it read on the show. Until next time, stay dirty, my birdies.